Hi there. You're listening to the Paralegals on Fire podcast show, where you'll be getting tips and actionable strategies that you can use right now to fast track your paralegal career. I'm your host, Ann Pearson, former paralegal and paralegal manager who left big law in the concrete jungle to start my own company, the Paralegal Bootcamp, where we give online courses that help paralegals make more money, increase their job security, and cut out the learning curve. All right, let's jump right into today's episode. Hi there, and welcome back, and welcome new listeners. In this episode of Paralegals on Fire, we're going to talk about things that your paralegal school isn't telling you. Now, whether you are a new paralegal or you're still in school, or maybe you're an experienced paralegal who's been in the field for a while, you can relate to these. So for the last 29, almost 30 years now, I've seen new paralegals or fairly new, say in their first few years, just up and quit the profession. They give up and go into a completely different profession because they think they didn't have what it takes to be a paralegal. They were receiving too many criticisms of their work, maybe making too many mistakes, and maybe even not even enjoying their work. Essentially, they just give up. If this is you, if this is where you're headed, I want you to really pay attention to this episode. And I want you to pause that train of thought for a few minutes and just listen, please. Because what I have to say may make you want to reconsider doing that. Now, I'm not saying if you are miserable, you should just put up with it. But here's what I see as one of the biggest culprits to derailing a paralegal career early on. Your school didn't prepare you for the reality. But you know what? None of them do. They don't tell you that there's a reason why attorneys have the reputations that they do, right? Why there are so many lawyer jokes out there. Where did those come from? Just out of the blue? People randomly just want to pick on lawyers? Now, please keep in mind what I'm about to say does not apply to every single attorney or every school or every paralegal. But generally speaking, Attorneys can be difficult to work for. They can be perfectionists who expect nothing less from the people who support them. They don't have a lot of patience when mistakes get made. I'd like to give you a list of things that I think schools should tell their paralegal students, and preferably maybe before you decide to sign up for the paralegal program. Here's the reality from someone who has worked with attorneys of all types for the last 29 years. And it's not just my opinion. I hear it from paralegals across the country. So if you're in a paralegal certificate program now or thinking of going into one or recently graduated from one, you need to know these things. Now, before I jump into the things they don't tell you, I have to preface all these things with the fact that I loved my paralegal career. In fact, I miss it sometimes. I'm not giving you this list from a negative place whatsoever. And I'm not just going to give you a list for the sake of talking. Like all of our other episodes, I want to give you some actionable strategies to help you if you're dealing with some of them. All right, let's jump into number one. New paralegals don't make a lot of money. Yeah, they should tell every paralegal student that. They don't make a lot of money. In fact, it's embarrassing what most places pay entry-level paralegals. 
especially the ones that require an undergraduate degree and a paralegal certificate in order to even be looked at for that position. Check out my earlier episode on why it's time to increase paralegal salaries. Here's why the low starting salary is embarrassing because of the next one, number two. A paralegal job is stressful, and most of the time, you're going to be working long hours under that high level of stress. It's just not the type of job that you can go into the office at nine, take a leisurely hourly lunch, and leave at five, and then go home and leave all that work stuff at work. It's just not. Now, some of the stress in long hours depends on the lawyer that you work with, the organization you work for and the practice area that you work in. A word to the wise, if you absolutely have to be out of the office no later than five, either to pick up the kids at daycare or something else that's just not flexible with time, do not choose the litigation practice area, period. Don't do it. Back when I used to work in a law firm, I regularly worked 60-hour work weeks and sometimes more. I rarely remember a time when I didn't work at least one day over a holiday weekend, at least one day. Now, I was rewarded nicely for that, but it was at the expense of missing time with my daughter growing up that I'll never get back. It was at the expense of family and friend get-togethers that I wasn't attending. When you've got an out-of-town trial starting next week and you've got to work 12-hour days setting up the remote trial war room, You just don't have the option to say you're not available and you have to get home to take your kid to to a soccer game. It's funny. I still recall a conversation I had about 20 years ago, maybe even more, with some fellow paralegals. I can't remember how we got onto this topic. I think we were all working late or over the weekend, maybe doing a big document review project or something. So we jokingly start this list of what kind of job could I have? besides a paralegal, that would suck worse than what we're doing right now. Keep in mind, we were all just joking and literally laughing so hard at our answers. One of the answers I remember was, well, I could be a janitor at the Atlanta Braves Stadium. That would suck. And then we all countered that with, yeah, but the janitor gets to see the Braves play for free and he goes home and his work doesn't come with him. So each of us had to come up with another job. And it always came back to this. But that person gets some perks for doing that work, and they don't bring their work or stress home with them. So yeah, paralegal schools need to give their paralegal students a bit more of reality. This is what you might be getting yourself into. Instead, they hold that paralegal career day and have working paralegals come in dressed professionally and talk about the great, interesting work that they do every day, which leads me to my next one, number three. Some days, a paralegal's job is boring, monotonous, and mind-numbing. Paralegals get to do all of the things that attorneys don't want to do. Now, the amount of time that you spend on that kind of work becomes less and less the more experienced you become and the more you prove yourself. But even then, there will be some things that will be monotonous, which leads me to my next thing they don't tell you. And well, it's sort of along the same lines as 
the type of work. So technically, it's still part of number three. You are not going to be spending your days writing IRAC, I-R-A-C method memos after spending days doing extensive legal research on that topic. All that time you spent in school learning how to draft those fancy memos, I can tell you that in 29 years, I never wrote a memo like that. And I was lucky enough to get some very high-level work early in my career. I was working with attorneys who trusted me with their work, and they would typically give me work that they would give their associates. With that, I never once wrote an IRAC memo. A few years into my career, I went to work for a big Amlaw 50 firm and almost never did any legal research. That was what first-year associates did day and night, not paralegals. Along those lines, I remember in my paralegal certificate program, one of the things that I enjoyed so much was this moot court competition that we did. We were arguing an appellate brief in front of a few professors who were the judges. That was after researching, writing the briefs, and then arguing the briefs in front of them. It was part of the whole class. Do you know how many times throughout the last three decades I needed to know how to argue an appellate brief? Yeah, none. (laughs) Now, I'm not saying I didn't enjoy that moot court competition, but maybe all of that time that we spent play acting could have been spent teaching me how to put together a trial notebook or what a paralegal actually does in the courtroom. Okay, number four. They should also tell you that it's going to be hard to land that first position as a paralegal. In this current market, it's much easier, but it's still not very easy. I've got an episode coming up in a few weeks that's going to focus on just that topic, landing your first paralegal position. But from a school's perspective, they really need to stress the importance of a perfect resume, a great LinkedIn profile, networking, and applying for the right position that's the best for you. You know, along with that, I would suggest if your school didn't give you some type of career assessment tool or a career assessment quiz or something like that, that tells you where your personality would fit best within a paralegal role. I would highly suggest that you do that. And if you're one of those new paralegals who's struggling, you're in for a few years and you just, you don't think you like being a paralegal, you know, all the things I mentioned in the beginning, you're just struggling. You don't know if you like the job or the the field or whatever, take a career assessment exam or tool or whatever it is. There are a bunch of them out there. It's worth the money. You could find out that you are three years into a litigation paralegal career And really what would be better suited for you would be a commercial real estate paralegal. So I would highly suggest if you aren't happy with where you're at and what you're doing before you give up and just think that you're not cut out to be a paralegal, take one of those career assessments. And last, but definitely not least, number five, you are not learning the skills that it will take to be a great paralegal in school. What you are learning is the foundation stuff, the terminology, the theory, you're memorizing the civil rules of procedure and what the definition of a subpoena is, but you're not learning what you're going to be doing on the job. Now, in the school's defense, this is no different than any other career that's out there. 
When a lawyer graduates from law school, they don't know how to do everything they're going to be doing as a new associate. When your friend graduates from college with that business management degree, it doesn't mean that he or she knows how to open and run a successful business. They have the foundation to get them started. It's the same with new paralegal program graduates. So if you're new and, or maybe you're just starting out, you're getting your certificate now, or you're getting close to graduating, you know, I'd highly recommend do a career assessment and don't be so hard on yourself. These things that I mentioned today, it's, it's all of us. It's happened with every single paralegal who's graduated. It's not that your paralegal program is any better or any worse than any of the others out there. It's just that they don't do these things. So if you're a new paralegal and you've just started at your first paralegal job and you're sitting at your desk someday saying, I don't even know what I'm supposed to be doing here. You're not alone. Every one of us has said the very same thing. And you'll figure it out. I promise you. Now, I have some exciting news. In next week's episode, I'm bringing in a guest. I did a guest interview with a great, great person who has so many insights and nuggets of information and career advice that she's going to share. I am so excited about this. And it was great to be able to do my first interview. So, and stick around. I've got some more interviews coming up this month, and those episodes will drop in the next few weeks. So, make sure and tune in next week. Same time, same place. All right, that's it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's show, hit the subscribe button in whatever platform you're listening. And please take a quick minute and leave a review of the podcast. And share this episode with just one colleague or friend who you think would benefit from what we discussed today. Share the knowledge and the entire paralegal profession elevates. See you next week. Bye for now.